Hey, hey, hey. It's nobody in particular. For some of you, it's your favorite nobody. Well, here I am. It's a Saturday morning. If you hear the waves in the background, that's a Maui looking out to the whale sanctuary. Sort of a cloudy day there. <clears throat> here in Phoenix, it's pretty cloudy here too. Not bad. But this is part two of the Seven Strikers story, the thing I had to say. Seven Strikers started last week. Oh, just a quick pause to thank <clears throat> those brewers in Mexico for their brown elixir Negro Modelo. This is not sponsored by them. I buy my own beer and I say cheers. Thank you for brown beer. Thank you, Negra Modelo. Gracias. Okay. <clears throat> All too also brought to you by Zippy, the rolling revolutions, massage revolutions, golf ball, Zippy news. Yeah, where tooling is moving to a new plant. We're still moving forward, marketing ideas, trying to uh, sell a few hundred thousand zippies. <coughs> but notwithstanding, uh, we appreciate everyone that listens. There are six or eight of you now, it seems like. And thank you for listening. It's just me. This is entertainment only. I am nobody in particular. I have, I have no influence over my children, over my stepchildren, over my cat. Much less the many events in my life that come from being alive. You can't have those events unless you're here, and here we are. Part two of Seven Strikers. Now, last week when I was playing soccer, just to go back to the concept. The level of skill, the number of people on the opposing team who had the skills to score on me at any time uh, was awesome. There were never less than seven strikers side to side, passing the ball around, looking for a, an opening. But I had great defense and I was able to save a few. But I was appreciating that. I have been appreciating that all week, that that's what I'm looking for. When I go out there and play, that's the kind of challenge that just really works. Now, seven strikers. 
I think over my lifetime, there are like seven strikers or more. But I just got to thinking, what were they for real? My challenges, the ones that I took on, messed up, whatever. Uh, I'd say, if I'm going to start, the first one is being a military kid and no roots. And for exactly, for exactement, or wherever that is, it's the no roots part that uh, is part and parcel of being a military brat who's lived on different Air Force bases or in different cities or towns, had their uh, their scenery changed for them, courtesy of uh, the military. Now, don't get me wrong, I am happily a military kid. I was born on an Air Force base. I regard myself as uh, a child of these here United States. I was born on the reservation. My dad was a lifer, 33 years. My mom was an amazing military mother. Got to see a few things, but there's no roots. Forced to add up forced to adapt not very well you know when you're a teenager you don't know much so boy it's easy so easy to screw up just by acting like you were back home and back home um back in medway ohio i was just one of the guys my life was just going to be normal, rural. And then all of a sudden, Alaska happened. And 13 years old, man, it's easy to screw up on a military base. But even so, as a kid, you adapt because in the military, there are uh, learning new places and new people and new cultures and there's family separations um, whether it's part of the family on TDY or being separated from family um, that's uh, you know grandparents and cousins or other military cousins who are going east when you're going south and going north when you're going west uh, the striker that being a military kid of having all of this in there is perhaps a level of uncertainty and uh, naivete of how the world works because you're on a military base you're under the purview of the uh, provost marshal and the commander so behave out in the world it's different on the economy. I, my children grew up on the economy, not 
being dragged around because I didn't want to do that. So that's where <clears throat> perhaps my defense. I didn't want my children to have that locality uncertainty and no roots. I mean, I have a friend and maybe more that uh, go back 70 years, but they're in Ohio or Indiana or something like that, and they're old like me. Not likely we're going to hook up again. Okay. So now, military kid, no roots. Part of that uh, next striker and part of the thing that's my problem from me is my view is generally not their view. I am an incredibly stubborn person. I'd say my stubbornness borders on arrogance, but it's not arrogance, it's self-protection. I don't like things being pushed on me. You know, there's a lot of times in life where somebody says, well, I want you to do this. No. I want you to believe this. No. I mean, obviously, the truth gets through if uh, <laughs> righty-tighty, lefty-loosey is a life lesson. You can't just be stubborn and say, no. you got to frickin' adapt. But as I've grown up and I'm here 75 years old, I still see that my view is not your view. Not that we'd argue, and maybe if we would did. My view, <clears throat> stubbornly, has always been acting to make things better. If I was going to sell something, I always wanted to sell it cheaper so that people could, more people could buy it or they could afford it. I always wanted an element of good in it. I, when I was following the, uh, the churchianity line, uh, it was still for doing good, you know, for becoming better. But again, my view is not their view. So it's a challenge to me. But if I take up the challenge, then I'm looking at things and growing and taking note of my stubbornness and adapting and growing. It's a challenge. A challenge, like remembering to clean my my soccer gloves every once in a while because they they do get dirty. Next of the strikers is my education. I reinvented myself in lieu of education over and over again. And I have stories about how I no, I messed up uh, probably a free education through college at least and maybe a great job <clears throat> because of that stubborn nation. Uh, so, you know, these strikers, they pass back and forth. 
Some of them have a mean left foot. But in, in all that, going back to wanting to make things better, I wanted to think and act, to make better, to improve something, to do something beneficial. And, you know, bumping into prejudices. Some of the closely held beliefs of people in church are... Um, I go back to bordering on arrogant. You know, if you think your way is the only way and this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Um, you might not know any uh, gay friends or you might vote for a liberal Democrat or even a socialist And you might not uh, agree with the uh, authoritarian side or the ginned up wars for war. So there's running into hate. And let me go back to religion for a minute. Many, many years ago, I was pretty fervent studied hard, got licensed to preach in the uh, American Baptist Church for a brief period. Um, But about that time when I was doing that, there was this, these preachers coming around that not only were, you know, the healers that got up on stage and made your legs longer, and uh, uh, the the evangelists who wore four hundred dollar jeans in nineteen seventy two, and uh, uh, the think and grow rich prosperity God people, and all that. Well, they were a festering sore, but then. It came the idea that somehow religion and politics had to be ruthlessly entwined and that in the more strident and evangelical circles, uh, opportunities were missed when religion and politics didn't respect the level of deceit that can be attained if you take off the limits. You know, religion has no limits if you, to everyone who goes with the Nicene or Apostles' Creed kind of thing of uh, one particular kind of uh, full-time, overall, cogent, sentient, creator God, boom, bang, bomb, bomb, boom. 
you know, religion missed its opportunity to say, be good people. Go vote for things that are good for everybody. You know, convince people that Christianity is good instead of a leech on the society. Well, that's evangelical stuff. No, I'm not knocking the, the local communities that kind of loosely base themselves on scriptures and try to live at peace and not get too all caught up in themselves. Good on you. Good for community. You have every freedom in this country to do that, and I applaud your use of freedoms and your peace. You know, maybe you and Jesus get along real good. But there's a lot of a lot of hate out there that made me just not care about talking about that stuff because religion and politics combined and uh, people listen to foo-foo and getting more foo-foo well that just didn't work for me so I have to watch out for that because sometimes I just want to say if you think you know Jesus okay good but if you're following some of these yokels don't know what to tell you it's none of my business so you got a defense of that striker in my personality is uh, try to be a judge without judging I'm not worthy of judging the next striker is health care getting older baby broken ankle wife had broken uh, wrist then turns into 24-7 navigation uh, Stevie's disease is obviously a striker looking to uh, uh, bring more uncertainty Got to keep my eye on it. The keeper's position is the only position where you got to watch everybody on the field all the time. And it's all the time. So Stevie's disease is a striker and having uh, the defense in that is the caregivers. You know, they are immense, immensely capable I don't want to say my my gratitude for everyone who comes through the door to watch over Stevie is beyond bounds. I'm just so happy to know these people. I'm so grateful for their presence. Stevie is thriving. We're taking one day and the next day, if we get the next day, Sure, it's 24 hours, seven days a week. Get the meds on time. But the rewards from that is a smile, a caring wife, 
who's calm, peaceful, happy. Then the, the, the last striker that I have down here that I have to watch out for, that lines up and sometimes splits itself and becomes 10 more, are my fears. You know, the, the nature to stay or to go, to ride it out or run away. And I find I may stay, ride it out sort of guy, person. But fears ambush you too. There's days, sometimes, sometimes fear's got a hat trick on you, baby. But there I am, I'm not stepping down until the last goal scored. Until the game's called. Until the other players start walking off the field. Be it as it may, I'm nobody in particular. These are my thoughts, my life. I appreciate those around me. I think of my children as I speak this, my grandchildren, great-grandchildren. think of the goodness and the mercy that have been shown to me over my life, the fantastic people that guided me, and those have been my defense too. You know, it's not just me in the, in the net. All around me have been amazing, amazing people. And, and so many that Stevie brought into my life. So many came into my life through soccer. And now such amazing people have come into our lives through Stevie's uh, situation. So those strikers are lining up. It's a day-by-day -day deal. Suit up. Be ready. Some uh, cheers to all y'all. Thanks to all my Mimo mates, that any that might hear this, but to all y'all, because you're part of the, the defense in my life. Yep, once again, I guess striker of not taking care of myself, not having a, a goal or something that I want to attain. And this is one I hadn't written down, but yes, Mimo is uh, the defense against inactivity, against lethargy, against feeling I just got nothing. 
it's been my outlet. Some of my best play has been when I was most stressed. And a couple of years younger, too. Anyway, cheers to y'all, nobody in particular. I hope you have the bestest of days of lives. It's a good thing. <laughs>